Mr. Ness, welcome back to Point of View. Always great to have you in studio. Big, big conference last <laughs> night, last week, the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference. Um, a lot of us from the eastern part of the state don't get to go to that great conference. So for those people watching tonight, and I know we're out west as well, for those who didn't get to go, the single most important thing that came out of the conference for the people of North Dakota is what? Technology. It's really, uh, it continues to improve. The, the Bakken's the incubator of the world for, for technology from oil from shale. And we're just seeing incredible things happen. Uh, as the prices went down, companies had to get better at what they do. They had to cut their costs. But the engineers had to do what engineers do, and they got better. 22% improvement on well, well over well from 16 to 17. That's unheard of in, in the oil and gas business. I got to tell you, you, you kind of took my breath away. I never dreamt you would say technology talking about oil. I thought you were talking about revenues or oil's up. And so with that being said, there was a fascinating comment. Uh, Neil Kashkari, he's the Federal Reserve Chairman for the Minneapolis area. He was on Scott Hennon's show, and he said, hey, Scott, everyone talks about you know Facebook and Twitter being really the technology breakthrough in the world. But he's like, that's not it. it it's what's happening right here in the Bakken. Explain. Well, the Bakken has changed the geopolitics of the world. We're now seeing uh, you know, countries like Israel uh, be able to produce energy, looking at the Bakken, learning how to do it from the Bakken, but also the ability to export our oil has really diminished the, the value of OPEC. When's the last time you cared about when OPEC met? Uh, so it, it's changing the world in terms of geopolitics, in terms of our, of our energy future. Uh, and really, it's all centered around North Dakota and the Bakken because we're the oldest shale play. Uh, we've got to get to the next level and the next level. And we've made a big step now. And at that conference, there was a talk about getting more oil out of that same rock with the same footprint, the same well. How do you recover more of that oil out of, out of this great Bakken? It's a world-class resource. So you mentioned technology and what they're doing to get better at that, but then help translate in, that into what does this all mean for my dinner table, the people at home's dinner tables? Well, from a North Dakota standpoint, what we've done by increasing our, our efficiency and our productivity is we've driven down that price point in the economics of the Bakken. And I always thought it was a $90 oil play. Now it's a $50 oil play, a $45 oil play. Wow. So the, the ups and the downs are going to go away. We know that we're producing 1.2 million barrels a day. We're going to probably break the, the all-time production record next month. But that just means that the stability is going to be longer. We're always going to have some fluctuation with oil prices. We don't know what they're going to do. But every day you produce, you produce 1.2 million barrels of oil a day. You produce 2 billion BCF of natural gas a day. It takes a tremendous amount of people, but it also creates an incredible driver for our economy. And that's what Neil Kashkari is talking about. It, it's a huge driver for our, our state, our region, and the nation's economy when you look at the inputs that are needed into an oil play like the Bakken. So let's say we're playing a baseball game. Have we even started the first inning when you look at the Bakken as a long-term play? Are we in the third inning, seventh yeah. inning? I think we're somewhere in the bottom of the third, top of the four. <laughs> okay. So we're, you know, and, and think about it, we're, we're 11 years so into Harry this So Harry Carey's not singing yet. Yeah, Harry <laughs> we are a long ways from even figuring out where we're going to be. We've drilled about 15,000 Bakken wells. We may drill, need to drill 60, or we're going to go back into the 40, the 30 or 40 that we drill and, and get that much better at the ones that we've already drilled. So, so much, so much to learn. Um, and that's why people from 40 states, 2,500 people come to a conference like we had in Bismarck last week because it, it, it's driving the thought process everywhere, the innovation, but it's really a business development opportunity for them. So I know you're in town also for this drone conference. We'll talk about that in a moment. But, but the, the big conversation, I spoke with Senator Hoven recently, Governor Doug Burgum, and they keep talking about workforce, workforce, workforce. And so 
I want to throw something out to you and we'll get into this workforce issue. What I'm hearing you say is, hey, Chris, this thing could be a long, long-term play, and we've got to recruit great talent here. With that being said, now that oil is at 70 and it seems to be a little bit more steady, is there conversation? Is there a possibility going into this next session for us to zero out corporate, in, corporate taxes and personal income taxes? Because I think that's a great recruiting tool. Well, uh, we, we generally tend to disagree with that because of once you eliminate those tax revenues, you don't have them on the table for the future. We'd rather see them lowered but maintained. You become essentially totally reliant on oil tax revenues for the entire state of North Dakota when you get to that point. And, and we're somewhat close now. But from a, from a Fargo standpoint and, and from all of those standpoints, you know, workforce is, is a huge issue. And certainly in Western North Dakota, it's going to be a huge issue. So having a strong economy, being able to attract these workers here is important. But we can do that with a low tax rate, not the elimination of a tax rate. We'll get to the workforce issue in a moment. Talk, talk to me about, because we obviously see when, when the Bakken is, is hot, it helps the eastern part of the state. But a lot, of, a lot of people, including myself, probably don't always see that bridge. So explain, when the Bakken's going great, hey, it's also good for the valley. Well, the Bakken's a, a 30 or $40 billion business a year in North Dakota. So it takes a lot of economic drivers, tremendous amount of, of manufacturers and, and you know, uh, skilled trade jobs that, that are done in, in Fargo-based businesses, sending, sending their crews out to Western North Dakota, real estate developers, uh, all types of, of, of banks, of, of all of those services. Fargo's the epicenter of the state in terms of our largest population, uh, a great workforce they are taking advantage of the opportunities in western North Dakota. But it, it's a regional economic poll, not just North Dakota. It's the entire region. And, of course, we're drawing people from all over. And there's a lot of businesses that are based in Fargo providing goods and services into the Bakken. So uh, it's a statewide. You, you, you get a growing energy economy. Generally means you're going to have higher ag commodity prices as well. Our entire state thrives. And that's why... I don't support eliminating those tax types because when, when commodity prices go down, oil and ag go together, we have to have a base baseline tax base in order to rely on. We've seen that the past few years. So the state wins when oil prices are up. Uh, it sounds like obviously the oil business, ag even does because <laughs> the commodity prices typically go up. But we just had Memorial Day weekend. Gas prices were at, you know, a very, very high level. What's that amount? What is what amount? 290. Is that a high amount? Well, all I'm saying is if, if, I'm a, if I'm a single mom right now and mm -hmm. I'm trying to rub two nickels together to feed my kids, I mean, I, I grew up in this arena, and you've got to make choices between feeding your kids or putting gas in your car. What do you say to the people that, hey, high oil prices might be great for North Dakota, but you're hurting some of the poorest people among us? Well, I personally don't think 290 for a gallon of gas that gets us anywhere, anywhere within 35 miles to go is compared to what we pay for coffee or anything else. So remember where we were. 10, 15 years ago, we were approaching $4, $4.5. That's the value of, of what we've done in North Dakota with the Bakken. So that's why I argue to some extent that that's not a high price. 55 cents of that is tax. So I, I think it's still the most economical uh, input that we provide into our daily lives to get us. Plus, there's a tremendous benefit from a standpoint of North Dakotans with higher oil prices. Education funding, 70% of our education is funding. Water projects for Fargo, property tax relief, uh, you know, uh, all types of human services, those things we benefit from full tax coffers as a result of oil and gas production taxes, just like we do with higher commodity prices on the agriculture side. Main Street does better. So there are, there are pluses and minuses. Certainly, we all want to pay less for gasoline. But I think we're doing that today as a result of the technology that we've been able to deliver in the Bakken across the world. 
So let's make you king for a day, all right? King of North Dakota. Uh, this workforce thing has been a thorn in our side now for a long, long time. As king for a day, what do you do to solve this problem? Well, number one, workforce challenges mean you have a growing economy. Real workforce challenges are when you don't have jobs for people and you've got a high unemployment rate. So we've got an opportunity in the, in the arena of workforce. Uh, a, you have to pay them. Now, we were able to attract people here in 2009 through 2012 from all over the world into Western North Dakota. We grew our workforce from 5,000 employees to almost 70,000 employees. How did we do it? Opportunity, higher wages. Now, we've got a situation where I think we're going to have a serious housing crunch in Western North Dakota. So, A, we've got to attract developers and, and instill the confidence in them that they can build single-family housing in Watford City, Williston, Minot, Dickinson, Tioga, Stanley. You can build and people will come. People are now coming with their families. Uh, in the first go-around in 9 through 12, they came as individuals. Now they want to come back with their families. We're building schools just like West Fargo. But... We have to also make communities and where these young millennials want to live. And Fargo's, Fargo's leading the way in that. I, I saw that earlier today. We need to do more of that in, in and across the state. So A, create an opportunity for them. B, pay them. C, make sure there's a community in which they want to live and work. So this may not be much as of, of a boom-bust place we've seen in the past in North Dakota, and yet there's still the possibility of the boom-bust cycles happening. So how much of the responsibility of a good community uh, schools, education, higher paying jobs, all the things you just mentioned, how much is that the responsibility of the oil company rather than state government and taxpayers? Well, I think it's a combination. We, we have to do our part as employers, providing good benefits, paying high wages, trying to do everything we can to support the communities. Also, you're going to continue to see a pushback in the legislature next year for, for more oil tax revenues going back to the political subdivisions. They've got growing communities. Uh, we, we have essentially address some of the education funding problems across North Dakota with, with freeing up some of the foundation aid stabilization funds. So now we need to continue to support the communities and ensure that they have the revenues to grow these communities so we can attract the workers. Because if you don't attract the workers, the jobs don't get done and the, the wages don't get paid and the income tax and the other revenues don't get created. So, uh, so it's, it's if, a challenge. If I'm an oil guy, if I'm Harold Hamm, for example, why not start my own real estate company and just develop my own housing? You know, uh, Oil guys want to do what oil guys do. They want to make oil. But um, I can hire a business, great developer. And developers want to do what developers do. They understand that risk. And, and we did see some of that. Uh, but I always think that the people involved in, in housing and development understand their business model. And it's got to be a business model that works. You've got to be able to affordable family housing that's going to survive the ups and the downs. Uh, because you're always going to have that in, in any commodity business. You're going to have some type of a cycle. Now, it's happening way up here. But you're going to flex up and flex down based upon the price of your commodity. But when you're producing a million barrels a day and you're going to grow that production, the governor's still still put, putting out the target, get to 2 million <laughs> barrels a day. And I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a big push. But it, it, it's a challenge. That would be amazing. Uh, so let's talk about the drone conference. That's why you're in town. How do drones apply to the oil industry? As I said, the, the Bakken is the, the incubator for technology and research of oil shale in the world. And drone technology, the Bakken in North Dakota is 15,000 square miles. The ability to manage that on foot, on fixed-wing aircraft, very expensive, very challenging. We've got some opportunities with drones, I think, that are they're world-class in scale, but specifically using North Dakota uh, as an opportunity 
to enhance and develop some of this technology that we need. We need data recognition software that's like pulling a fire alarm. When I see something that, that for instance, a pipeline, when there's something that is there today, whether it's heat in the ground that wasn't there yesterday, we need a fire alarm. We can't send it back to the office and, and go through trigabytes of, of data over the next <laughs> week or two. We need the, we need the red <laughs> alert. So that's what I'm going to challenge the, the drone conference attendees with today. Anything else you want to add that I'm not asking you? Uh, uh, no. All right. <laughs> it's always great it's to always have you. Right? I could talk to you for a long okay. time, so we appreciate the time okay. very, very much.